In this episode, we talk about Rick's early signs of success getting out of a sales rut and much more. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about founders who are in it for the long haul. I'm Rick, and I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. And I'm Tyler. On the side, I work with Rick on Leg Up Health, but my main business is a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. What's up this week, Rick? Well, um, update from last week, I, or two weeks ago. I get confused because mm-hmm. we have this bi-weekly, yeah, uh, weekly yeah. thing. Last it's, episode. <laughs> yeah. The last episode, uh, we, so um, I was concerned about momentum and meetings, and so you, you counseled me on, hey, I should you know, do something about that. Um, I basically just said, hey, let's focus on this. That's all I said. And we've uh, almost had 15 meetings since the last episode uh, this month. Yeah. And as a reminder, so a, a meeting being a call with a potential like lead, basically, and the goal is kind of one meeting a day-ish, uh, one meeting a workday. Yeah. So so we are um, going outbound to small businesses, trying to pitch them on our services, and we um, have a goal of 20 meetings a month. And we were on track for basically th- two or three. And there were zero last month. Is that right? Yes. There were three last month. We were zero month to date. Okay. And so what, so you said there were 15? Yeah, we've got 15 now and we have visibility to 18 and and definitely 20. So what specifically changed? Focus and behavior. But like what actual actions changed? Uh, So specifically where we were spending our time changed. So Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about how to do something, uh, like outreach or thinking about how to do something like messaging, just doing it. Yeah. Bias, awesome. over, bias to action. It's, really simple. it's so incredible how, yeah. Cause what you said last episode was two months ago or something, there were a lot of meetings and then it kind of faded to effectively zero. And then basically you just said something in Slack. You were just like, Hey, here's the new focus. And immediately it jumped back. Um, which a, everyone is happier. That's yeah. That's huge. Now, is do you get the impression this is going to turn into sales? Like, oh yeah, it already yeah. is. It's already yeah. turning into. I mean, have you seen the account signups and the AOR requests and the? I have that Slack channel muted. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, yes. I have the one that's like we closed a customer. That one I see, yeah. but I don't see. There's so much noise in the other one. I don't look at them all. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yes, there are AOR requests coming in. There are quote requests coming in, um, and then we also secured. This is actually an interesting topic. So one meeting we secured as a result of this behavior change was with a 15-person uh, company in Utah with Group Health Insurance. To put that in perspective, this is a $7,000 per year deal for us. If we become the agent, we start mm-hmm. earning that money right away. That's huge. And, and so uh, it's, a, it's larger than we're used to dealing with, and so it's new. And uh, while I think if we asked for the business, we'd probably get it today, we had our partner meeting on Monday. And... Rather than jump right into grabbing the business, we actually are offering two months of free consulting before we actually ask for the business so that we can look under the hood and understand some of the more complicated processes that come with a larger company with 15 employees. And so JD got the yes to that. And um, I met today with the CEO to work out how he could get access to all the systems and basically be a an extended member of the team for the mm-hmm. next couple of months. Um, and that's just one, that's one of those meetings of the 15 that I was talking about that has turned into like a real, like it's a free customer. Like we're getting, we're doing it for free, but I yeah. think if we, as long as we just like show up uh, for the next two months and there aren't any huge surprises uh, that should convert to a, you know, a sizable deal. That's awesome. 
So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the takeaways here are. I mean, anyone can listen to last episode to hear how how you kind of got reached that conclusion or whatever. But one thing I take away because I also saw your interaction with JD as kind of a fly in the wall is like sometimes the solution to a really hard problem is just to say a relatively simple thing out loud. And in this case, I, I mean, yeah, that like JD had to go execute, but basically it was you saying. Hey, remember how our goal is to get meetings and you know how we're not getting meetings? Um like goal get meetings. Like I'm kind of simplifying it but not really, right? Yeah, the the main thing I said is uh we had a lot of other stuff going on that wasn't contributing to getting meetings done. And so the only thing I would add that I said was don't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Like let's go back to the basics and to, so so the key thing was like the key, key takeaway, the phrase that I remember from last episode was you can't optimize nothing. And so all, all the work that we're doing on improving the business long term is predicated on this, like maintaining the short term momentum of talking to prospects every day. And yeah. if we don't have that, like this optimization stuff that we're doing for the long term isn't, isn't useful at all. Um, and so uh, basically said, stop all that. And, and until we, we, and you're not allowed to work on it. <laughs> Basically, you know, all of us are not allowed to work on it because I was contributing to the problem too. Um, in fact, I probably was a source of the largest source of distraction, but, but basically saying like, Hey, we can't work on this stuff until we get this momentum built again. And, and nothing else matters until we get this momentum built up. And now it's like, we're not going to go back to the old way of doing things. We're just going to maintain this momentum for the, I, I can't, I, for the foreseeable future. I can't see us like we're very, I, the meeting, we have a, uh, our, our marketing coach meeting on Thursdays mm -hmm. uh, for an hour. And I, I could just, could there's such a sensitivity to distracting the momentum right now that uh, JD has built. Uh, he booked four meetings yesterday, just as an idea. Yeah, I an idea. Um, it's like, uh, are, you, are you sure we should talk about this? Are you sure we should commit to that? Like, is this going to like destroy <laughs> momentum or build it? Uh, uh, is it distract from momentum or add to it? And, uh, and so it's a, it's, it's been huge. Yeah. Have you heard of, uh, are you familiar with the concept of a Heaton bomb? Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that like right. A, There's, it sounds like a good thing, no, though. Uh, it's not. So uh, <laughs> Heaton Shaw, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, he's, you know, like a founder. And he realized as he started like managing people that he would like go talk to an employee and just like mention something offhand like, oh, you know, here's a cool idea. Like, wouldn't that be fun? And then like. Months later, it turns out the employee took that and like started working on it because it's like the CEO said this to me. And so a heat and bomb is when he would like you just drop something and then walk away. And he he didn't think anything of it. But the employee, you know, when the CEO says something, you think you have to act. And so like part of being a CEO is either don't say it in the first place or I don't know if I do this effectively, but I regularly say like Eunice, our marketer, I'm like, hey, here's like a marketing idea. Don't do this. <laughs> like put this at the bottom of the list. And when we run out of other ideas, here's an idea for you. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, if you, it, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, but even, even saying that, that idea is like, there's a cost yeah, to it. Maybe you um, shouldn't say it at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So yeah, that, I, that was a big win. I, I, I'm pretty like, I think don't, it's amazing how contagious momentum is. Yeah. Um, I mean, our partner meeting this month, we have our partner meeting, Tyler's a partner, Jay's a partner. We we meet once a month to talk about the business, and the tone was completely different this this partner meeting than the last partner meeting. Yeah, uh, I feel like the the one before it, I felt good coming out of it, but it was a lot of like brainstorming and this and that. And the one th this most recent one, it was like, okay, when a customer says this, what should I say back to him? You know, it was very <laughs> tactical and like 
okay, like stuff's happening. There are actual, it actually, the, the title of our last episode was you can't optimize nothing. Our conversation was optimizing just based on these few meetings that he's had so far. Uh, it's, it's optimizing that. Like you, mm -hmm. once you have something, you have like much more concrete things to actually talk about. So, Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, what about you? So I've, I've kind of got two things to talk about, but they, they tie together. So it's probably going to be like one, one big topic. Um, do you have more smaller updates you want to do first or should I dive in? Yeah, I have one, uh, that's, that's small and, um, it's, it's just like, I just want to call out, like I, I, it's kind of a win, but it's also kind of sad. I haven't had a drink in the month of July. Mm -hmm. Not a single alcoholic beverage. I think most people would be like, congrats. That's yeah. good. But it's not because of, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to drink. It's You're because not I, trying to cut out alcohol. <laughs> I, I just don't have time to drink. Like, and it's because of this new baby, like two kids. Isn't that is what your commute's for, Rick? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> brown brown bagging don't, it? Don't drink and drive, kids. Well, uh, yeah, brown bagging uh, if you're the passenger <laughs> in a limousine works, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, no, I like, but I haven't had a drink in 20 days and I just, it just like, I actually feel better as a result. So it's actually a good thing. Um, but I, I never really have felt this way in my life where I don't have time to drink. Yeah. Well, and presumably, or time to do any number of other things. Like, I assume drinking is not the only thing you're missing out on here. <laughs> you're just, like, staring at the whiskey bottle. like oh. <laughs> I don't have time to even think about it. Yeah. So, anyway, I just, that's a, a short little, I guess well, it's, let a, me... it's not a complaint necessarily. It's just like, a, I'm just like, wow, two kids is way harder than one. Okay. So that's, that's a takeaway. Let me, just because you brought this up, let me, uh, you know, belabor it a little bit. Um, I don't, you're not on Twitter as much or maybe at all as I am. Um, there's like, it seems like there's kind of this movement of, uh, founder type people on Twitter, um, a very anti-drinking movement right now, um, which probably overall is good. Like I'm, I, you never want to be on the side of like, oh, everyone should drink more, you know, but also as someone who enjoys, uh, you know, I probably have a drink, I have multiple drinks once or twice a week is probably how I would frame it. Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit and I'm also seeing all this stuff and I'm like, well, but, but I, I want to, I want to keep, I have fun. I want to keep doing that. <laughs> and I feel like there's this, like, if you, if you want to be as high performance as you possibly can, never, ever have a drink ever. <laughs> and now I'm realizing like, yeah, I guess I don't want to be that high performance. I don't know. <laughs> I always think about, um, I, is it Naval? Is that his name? The angel list? founder. Mm -hmm. Um, he's got some really interesting like principles. And one of the things that he talks about is like, if you're like, don't try to optimize, like just focus on leverage points. Yeah. And what, what you're, what you're calling out is like, if, if cutting out drinking entirely is like, is, is, is like what I need to do to, to squeeze an extra hour of productivity day. It ain't for me. You'd rather find like, you know, you'd rather like find some other way to like blow up your entire you know day and, and get better, get a better day. I kind of feel this way with health in general. I feel like a lot of founders get, I don't know, they get bored and like need something to do. And they're like, I am going to be in peak physical shape. And I'm just like, that sounds so tedious. Like, <laughs> just like, like the way you can prematurely optimize anything in business. I feel like I'm going to do what I need to, to feel good right now. And like, yeah, I'm probably going to need to exercise as I get older more than I do now because like my body's going to start to break down, but it hasn't yet. And I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts, you know? <laughs> anyway. it's, it's the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Should I go into my thing? Yeah, go to your thing. That was my small thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So I said last time that we were 
rethinking this kind of viral loop project. Uh, we had one called event invites that we were going to do, and it got less interesting. And so now we're thinking about building web forms. Um, and this is still very early on in talking, but like we're kind of in that brainstorming phase where there's no such thing as a bad idea. Like just and and different people do it differently. But what I like to do is think like really big, you know, five, 10 year vision uh, to see if we like how it feels. And then if you do, then the next step is, okay, well, what can we actually realistically plan right now? So I'm in this like allowing myself to think big phase right now. Um, And I've just got two kind of product things to talk about. I don't know if this is going to work. I always feel weird talking product on the podcast because like no one knows how my product works. So like, will this actually, will anyone relate to this? But here goes. So first of all, yeah, the, the main feature is web forms, which is something like Google Forms or whatever, you know, there's SurveyMonkey, whatever, uh, and the, because our customers will send it to their customers. Um, and we were trying to think, like, what could we do to make it useful, like more useful than just using some other tool and connecting it with Zapier? And one thing we were toying with is, like, when you submit a form, being able to trigger a bunch of different options, uh, actions in the CRM. So add a task to this contact, create a group, add another task for 30 days out, whatever. Um, First of all, do you, you use Pipedrive? Do, do they have this? Do you use anything like this? I would. Uh, I use Webflow forms um, to trigger Zapier stuff, uh, but but I, you know, um, yeah. So I, you'd I, have I, absolutely no problem hooking this up with no code tools. Yeah. So I'm but, not. But I'm not your target customer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, everything we're talking about doing, you could in theory do with Zapier. Like web web forms were built for Zapier. Zapier is mm-hmm. really good at one way pushes. Uh, a person triggers it with filling out a web form, you push the data in the CRM and then you trigger other actions. Very, very easy to set that up. But yeah, our customers aren't necessarily capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, so like, but, but I, would, thoughts, I could yeah. see, you know, I see value in, I mean, I would assume that your customer probably doesn't have a marketing automation platform. They probably don't use Zapier. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're probably, you know, if you could give them an easy way to collect people's information via a form and embed that into their existing less annoying CRM workflows, that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's the thing is we have, we have so many different things already. We have tasks, we have groups, we, we can't send emails yet, but that is on the roadmap anyway. So we will have that at some point, um, that like just gluing them together where to say, when you submit a form, do some of these things doesn't seem like that big of a project, but then that led to, okay, so if we could do that, we basically have zero automation at all in the CRM. By automation, I mean like when a thing happens, trigger this other thing. You know, we have Zapier. You can like literally some people use Zapier to trigger a trigger happens in less knowing CRM and then the action also happens in less knowing CRM. Like they use Zapier to fake automation for us. But it's like if we built this for web forms, should we just build our first round of automation while we're at it? So like I'm on a contact, I push a button, create these three tasks out of this group send them an email or I update the status from one thing to another, you know, same idea. Mm-hmm. So, that, okay. That's interesting. I think I assume you're not going to tell me that's not. <laughs> not. I mean, I guess like, do you have any analysis on like who could use this today? Yeah. I mean, most CRMs do this. Um, just I mean, like don't. customers, like, do you have like, uh, do you have a group of like 20 customers who would pay for this today? Well, we wouldn't charge more for this. Oh, you would, oh, oh, really? This no. would just go in. Yeah, this would just go in. Just I, I don't want to get into the the business of. I know last time I said maybe we would like only offer a certain feature for fifteen dollars users versus ten, because um, our people who signed up more than three years ago pay us less. Uh, setting that aside, though, I'm not really interested in having like multiple tiers if I can avoid it. 
Mm. So, so, um, what's the scope difference between just like doing forms and then just doing like, uh, yeah, (laughs) this is the hard thing. Um, and so this conversation is going to like branch off into a bunch of places. So I don't know how this will go, but basic web forms, I think is very, very easy, but that doesn't include like these actions that get triggered at the end. It doesn't include the ability to embed it in a website. It would be like a standalone form, like how Google forms works, like a very, very simple kind of MVP type thing. I don't know, like a month of work maybe. Um, but then there, there's years that you could build on top to make it actually competitive with other form tools. But that's, you know, I, I, I so every time we talk about something like this, the, the, the general advice is, uh, MVP it, see mm-hmm. if people actually use it and then make the next decision. So okay, what's your skateboard? hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that, but I don't think that the way to interpret that advice is like, don't even think further than that. I th- again, I think, think five years in the future, come up with a vision and then test the vision. Agreed. Right? Agreed. So, so my, here's my question, I guess that's more specific is like, what is the minimum version of this that would actually get people using this that would allow you to optimize on top of that versus like, yeah. versus like so, over-engineering this thing and maybe never actually releasing it? Yeah, I was talking this, about this with people today. I think the very most basic version is you you have a page that lists all your forms. So you can basically, the database has a forms table. Um, you can create forms. We already have a feature for custom fields for like adding it to contacts and pipelines. So basically, whatever custom fields we already have, like you can build a form with those custom fields. Um, they can optionally push to contact or company records uh, in the CRM, but they don't have to. You could potentially collect data that, doesn't go anywhere. It, it just stays in the form, basically. Um, so the settings to to create a form with fields, that's not a big project at all. That's very simple. When someone, and then a public page that anyone can go to. So URL for each form, they can go to it, fill it out. Uh, pretty simple. And then when they submit it, basically just throw that on the contact record and, and push the data to the right fields. Um, that's that's what I was getting at with like that one maybe two developers working on it for one month can ship a a pretty decent thing like that. And if you were just gonna, do you have any sort of automations built currently? Like, is there any way to configure like I want when this happens, I want this to happen? Nope, nothing. And if like you were that. just gonna look at that without forms, how would how much would it take to build like a very basic like if this then this? Yeah. So I think the the first version of that is nothing triggers it. You trigger it manually. So like you go to a contact and say, you know, well, let me pause. The number one use case here uh, for automations is actually people ask all the time for a different feature because they don't know to ask for this. They ask for task templates. They're like, when I add a lead, I want to create five tasks to like keep following up with them. And I have to do it manually every time. So I think the, the, the MVP of automations is you can create you can quote unquote run an automation on a contact and that will just create as many tasks as you've like again there's an automations table you create an automation you say in this automation i want this task this task this task and it adds it to the contact and that's it that's the only thing you can do that's probably the mvp there i mean from my perspective automation seems closer to existing workflows closer to existing use cases so i would i i would go there first um, well, but it doesn't have the viral thing. The The goal here um, is not to make the product better for our customer. I mean, I, I feel terrible saying that. We have, we have, <laughs> other, we have other projects going on to make the product. So bulk actions is what our customers want. We're building that. We're building yeah. the thing they want. This is a growth project. 
But where I'm kind of leaning here is I think automations could be the next customer happiness one. So we could build web forms side by side with autom because our goal is to at any given time be working on a growth thing and a customer happiness thing. I like Automations it. wasn't on the list, but it pairs so nicely with web forms. So that's what we're thinking. I think building web forms is a great idea. So I, I just I look I'm look I, I was looking at the um, pipe drive uh, feature list, and I don't see anything on here about forms. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Most CRMs have them. I was surprised to see I don't they they at least don't advertise having it, which is weird. They have like way more features than we do. Yeah, they've got a bunch of add-ons like a lead booster add-on. Which is more around? Oh yeah, they do have web forms. It's called lead. They call it a lead booster ad for uh, add on, and it starts at thirty two dollars per company per month. Uh, and then uh, chatbot, live chat, prospector, web forms, and schedulers included in that. Oh, like a Calendly type thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's funny. I would never charge for this because again, I mean, maybe maybe it will end up being wrong, and this viral thing just straight up doesn't work, but. Anything where you're, you want your customers to use it. Like I want my customers to send out web forms. If we had a scheduler, I'd want them to send it out. If we had invoicing, I'd want them to send invoices. That's how you get in front of more people. It seems kind of crazy to me to charge more money for those things. I, I could see an argument for automations. We just, that's not in our DNA to do that, but I get why companies do that. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So to keep going down this, so I'm pretty interested in web forms. I'm pretty interested in automation for a long, long time. I've been. I've wanted to do something with freemium and we've, we've talked on this podcast about freemium before, right? It's been a long time though. Yeah. So freemium is, you know, giving away something, uh, in exchange, like for usage and then you, you grow on, you use, you turn that usage into valuable value for yourself, either through upselling, um, or, or some other, uh, lead generation opportunity. Yeah. But traditionally the emium in freemium, the reason it's not just free is there's a paid tier. Um, and if I were starting a CRM company today, I would do it freemium where there's like some very basic contact manager, you know, you can have 500 contacts and maybe no pipelines, like limited feature set. But a lot of that's when someone's just starting a business, we have a lot of people sign up for free trials and cancel and basically say, love your product. I'm just, my business isn't ready that we don't need this yet. And so we don't want to pay. But if we had that freemium thing, they'd start using us and then we get them later. The problem is if we do that, well, because it would cannibalize our revenue too much. Um, we have so many customers who are paying us. Like if you built that into your economic model from the beginning, the idea is, yeah, a lot of customers who might otherwise pay you wouldn't because they can get away with the free version, but it leads to so much additional growth that you actually end up making more money. But if you already have revenue and you just say, hey, 20% uh, of our customers, you don't have to pay us anymore. You take a huge revenue hit and then have to wait a long time for it to make itself back up. And we just can't afford to do that, I don't think. Does that make sense? You just have to make the freemium version so bad that it's, it's terrible. I, I've looked through our numbers and yeah. we have we have some customers who like, I cannot come up with a, mo a usage model that would, but, but okay, that actually segues perfectly to my second point. Mm -hmm. A problem with freemium is there's this tension between the paid and the free version. If the free version sucks the way you just said, it doesn't actually help with growth because no one's going to sign up to use it. Um, the free, you want the free version for, from a growth standpoint, you want the free version to be as good as it can possibly be. And then from a monetization standpoint, you want the free version to be as bad as it can be so that people have to upgrade. And it's kind of hard to strike the right balance. That's like a, a really tricky problem, right? I agree. Yep. So here's what we're thinking. Um, forms could be a standalone product. And it wouldn't be freemium. 
it would just be free. Because the goal isn't to upsell someone to a paid forms product. The goal is to get is to increase awareness about less annoying CRM and monetize that way. The outcome being like there are like, could we build a better forms tool than all the other ones out there? Probably not. Could we afford to offer a free form tool that's better than the free tiers of other ones? Maybe that seems more achievable. Yes, it does. I like it. Why don't you buy this though? You like acquire a company? Yeah, like take that reform company. Um, that sounds hard. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like, what if you could just go actually find a pre-configured yeah, I, like thing to test this versus build spinning an engine? It, it's probably more fun to build it though. Yeah, that part. If I'm being totally honest, part of it is it just. It sounds more fun. And every time I look at another, it's like they use a totally different coding language. And just like the the organizational complexity that gets added and like, well, what do you do with their employees? Um, and I also, the, the goal here is not for this to be totally a standalone product. It's like if you're a CRM user, the forms are built in. It's not like you have to log into a different platform or something. Um, so the goal, the hope is the first version of it is built into Less Learning Serum. And then there's like a, you can have a free Less Learning Serum account, but it only does forms once it's good enough to have a anyway you're probably right if i were a more aggressive risk taking ceo that would probably be the right way to do it oh, it just sounds miserable have you ever at people keep did you ever acquire another company mm -mm. i i'm in, i'm interested in like it would be interesting to go there's got to be a ton of form builders out there that are like not yeah. making any money um that are are good enough as as an mvp starter that you could like, I don't know. I don't know how much time you save though. I don't, I'm not. Me, an yeah. Yeah. That, that's another thing. Let me make an analogy here. Cause we're, as I've said before, we're switching to paddle for billing right now. And like prior to that, so paddle has all this like subscription logic. They handled all for you. Whereas blessing serum, like in the past, we, we coded all that, like handling free trial logic. When is a free trial over? What email do we send them? I think we're going to spend more time implementing paddle than it would take to build a new billing system from scratch. Really? I, I, I mean, maybe not, I don't know, but like, if something's not that complicated and like a billing system for a product that only has one price uh, is not that complicated, the the abstraction isn't as valuable. And like the amount of work it would take to integrate someone else's product in, and we, it wouldn't even be exactly what we want it to be. I'm not sure it would be easier than building from scratch. But a lot of people have said that before and been wrong. Like this is a classic trap. So I don't know. I think it's it's a good it's a good instinct you have to 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 acquire something. Yeah, it just it feels like this is like something that's been built ten thousand times, hundred percent, as its own business. And it, there's probably like a bunch of things out there. Like go to indiehacker.com and just like yeah. sort by form builders. A different version of the same idea that I so today on Hacker News, someone launched like an open source. Uh, Actually, someone launched an open source CRM yesterday, but they launched an open source document signing, like a DocuSign competitor. And it did occur to me, like, forget acquiring someone. Like, there's probably an open source form builder out there that would at least get us started. But so I, I might look at that. But again, every time I use an open source tool like that, I'm like, the work of in it, it's such a simple thing to build. The work of integrating it into our existing code might be more than just building it. Because we already have custom fields. We already have all of this infrastructure around it built. That's fair, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll think about that, and and I I'm definitely going to take a look at to see what's out there. What about chat? 
What do you mean? Oh, website chat. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this last time too. You yep. like this idea. I, I don't think I. We've never. Our current customers have expressed no demand for this. Okay. Um, and I think in, in particular, we aren't a help desk. We are a CRM. And I, I don't think like there's a natural integration between chat and CRM the way like like where does the chat show up? You know. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I would like you, to be you, in inbox so, at some point. So, so your vi- your virality is going to come from uh, your customers who come, who, who serve other businesses, right? They're not going to. Yes. It's not going to come from B to C. Does not help us. Yeah. Correct. So, it would be interesting to look at the the customers who uh, are are B to B, and whether or not they're using your less annoying CRM to track any sort of service related uh, recurring um, things. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be interesting, but like chat generally, uh, the way I think you want to use it is, is going to be marketing oriented more so than, um, service oriented. Um, it's going to be around like, Hey, you're at the top of funnel. You're at the website. Like it's going to be about lead conversion, like just like a form would be. And that might be an easier way to go. Like if you could go find all the customers who are B2B that have a website that have forms on them that don't have chat on them and just say, Hey, you know, you've got a form already you've got yeah. this uh what's that chat yeah there i know I, there's open source chat stuff out there oh yeah for sure oh you're saying just take an open source one yeah yeah i hear you um my instinct is to say that so i mentioned i th- i think last time i mentioned the framework reason to think about these viral things as effort impact and volume did i say mm-hmm. that on the podcast yeah yeah it's hard to predict volume. And as a reminder for people, volume being like how many other people, how many guests will call them, people who are not customers of ours, see us because our our customers send them this, whether it be an embedded chat, a form they send them, whatever. It's hard to predict volume, but a big part of it is how many of our customers would use it. Um, my instinct is not a lot would use chat. A lot of them don't even have websites. They're not going to use forms either then. Well, no, these are not embedded forms. These are standalone like Google forms. And the, the difference is people, people ask about forms all the time. Oh, so these are forms that would have their own standalone page that you could. Th- okay. That yeah. changed. I was thinking of this from my perspective, which is I would embed this in our website. This I is a we standalone page. Eventually. Yes, but this is totally different. This is so much. This is like a Google survey tool. Yeah, exactly. Why don't okay? So you're basically competing with Google Google forms. Google forms. Yeah, I, I think like phase two oh. is make an embeddable one, but no, I no. think embedding no, is no, harder. No, no, so. This is way more interesting. <laughs> just because people have to come to our website. Uh, well, just because I know how powerful Google forms are, and how I could use a Google form once a week if I if I wanted to. Like, there's lots of use cases for that internally, externally, um, uh, surveys. Uh, Booking, you know, RSVPs. Um, anyway. Yeah, and actually, an, an interesting use case here is also um, this doesn't help with the viral thing with the growth, but like, um, I think a lot of people use these forms within Less Knowing CRM. So they'll be like, I have different like customer intake methods, and when a customer calls me, instead of being like, I have to open up a contact and fill out the information, and then I have to attach a pipeline or whatever, they can okay. just be like, fill out this one form, and it does. So, it all. Sorry, I was thinking about this as V1 being embeddable forms on someone's website, and now that I understand that this is for anyone to use to uh, kind of like standardize d- data receipt um, for any use case, uh, mm-hmm. then I am now like totally on board with this. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
And and just to make sure I understand the difference, because we we are definitely talking about embedded forms as well. Um, but to make sure I understand why this is more interesting, it's because an embedded form has like one use case. It's like I want to take leads in on my website. That's it. Whereas this one has. Oh, it's a Tuesday, and I just want to know something about my customers. I'm going to blast out an email and send them a link to this. Yeah, universe. It it has to do with um. You said uh, volume, impact, impact, and effort. effort. Yeah. So yeah. uh uh volume. It seems like this is like high volume. Like you because there's of, more like, types of it's, forms. It's more throwaway. It's less yeah. permanent. It's more like uh, I don't know. It's more like Google Forms, and like mm-hmm. I, I, it's just yeah. Okay, cool. That that's exactly how I've been. It's I, a branded I, version of Google Form that's probably you're going to be able to make it look nicer. Yeah, and like way like you know what's so stupid about Google Forms because I use them all the time. You have to like hunt to figure out a way to have it email you when someone fills out the form. <laughs> yeah, it's way com- have, it's way too complicated. We're just going to have a toggle on the form that's that will default to being on. By default, you'll get an email when someone fills out the form. I think that alone might be enough for our customers to be like, amazing, you have a feature that, as far as they know, Google doesn't even offer. Okay. So, yeah, do that. And then your any thoughts on the free thing? Like, I, I tend to get really excited about this, but I'm kind of like, let's build MVP into our app. And assuming it gets any traction at all and it seems to be working, let's try to make a standalone, free, like, less annoying forms product. Yeah, this is like the the lightest weight standalone product that I've seen that seems like a no brainer for people to to use. And then yeah, if people start like, oh, where did I get this form from? Less annoying serum. Oh, I can sign up to send these forms too. Cool. Yeah, that's man. I yes, I like it. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. Was this helpful? This, this is yeah. So I mean, a you, you're giving more more confidence that like the thing I'm excited about, I'm allowed to be excited about. But it also like the confusion you had. You're probably, I've probably explained this to people internally at the company and they had the same confusion. So this is helping me like figure out how to talk about it, which is helpful. Yeah. I guess forms are the right word to use, but this is much more like Google forms. Like I would just use Google forms as the analogy and less about like, this is not a reform competitor. This is a Google forms competitor. This is not a, uh, jot form competitor. This is a Google, like this is a. Um, I kind of well, a survey like a monkey Qualtrics competitor. Compet- yeah, Qualtrics, I mean, Qualtrics yeah. is a million features. Obviously, no, no, that's but- exactly right. This is well, you're building Qualtrics for SMBs, and that is way more interesting. Qualtrics for SMBs. Okay, I like that a lot. Because every time I've said Qualtrics before, I'm like, except why? Like, none of our customers want Qualtrics. Yeah, and well, you're, yeah. you're building Survey Monkey like that it was intended to be, but then it got ruined. Like you're building, uh, <laughs> you're building simple sur- like surveys is too too narrow. Um, but it's, it's much more about research and, and it's much more about intake than like what most people think of as forms and marketing in a yeah. marketing department. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's about data, yeah. data, like, yeah, about date gathering data at scale, like more efficient data gathering. It's so funny. We just had, uh, you know, once a year we survey our customers, but like based on when they signed up. So it's, they're constantly coming in and today we got a response and you know, we ask, what could we do better? Uh, and the the he wrote a really long, not really long, but pretty long explanation, saying what I do is I go into client like sites and do various types of audits. And when I do an audit, I need to like confirm I did this, I did this, I did this. And there's like twenty different types of audits I can do, and I do multiple ones for the same client. I just want like a form that I can just attach to a contact record. 
<laughs> and I might even do the same form multiple times. I just to indicate what I did on this visit. And I read that and I was like, yes, that's what we're talking about building here. <laughs> yeah. This has so many different broad use cases that like, I like this a lot. Um, and you'll learn so much from getting people to start using it. And then also like, like pa pairing like, Oh, that workflow matches with this use case or this feature. Like let's add a little bit here and it, you know, connects the dots like that one mm -hmm. you just said. Yeah. I like it a lot. Cool. So I think, yeah, to, su to summarize all this, I think our product roadmap has taken a pretty dramatic turn recently, both because we went from event invites to forms, but also we're talking about the free thing and we're talking about automation. And like between all those, it's, it's just like a completely different, you know, next six to 12 month kind of vision for us. So I'm, I'm stoked for it. I'm curious, like I, I just went to your integration page and I can see that it looks like you do have Google forms integrated through Zapier already. Um, yeah. so like why should someone use this compared with Google forms? Like what's your, what's your pitch? Yeah. First of all, most of our customers don't use Zapier. Mm -hmm. They'd have to at least sign up for a free account, but very likely pay for a Zapier account. Um, but it's, it's, I think really just all about complexity. Google forms is more complex than what we make. And then you add on the Zapier layer to it. I think our power users, we, we actually, we had a brainstorm about this today and we were like the top 20% of power users for forms, we're going to tell them. Go use Reform, go use Google. You, you know, there's a lot of better tools out there if you need all these features. But, you know, if you just need the easy, if you need the less annoying forms, here it is. Cool. Less right. annoying is such a good brand for your target audience. It's like <laughs> I, so good. It feels like such a waste that we're 14 years in and we've never taken advantage of like less annoying blank. So that's another. Yeah. I was talking with Bracken about this today. Like both of us are like, this is like, this is proof. If we do this, this is evidence that we can like, take risks and try new things. We haven't done that in a long time. And part of me is just like, let's, even if it fails, like let's prove to ourselves we're capable of this still. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. Back to you. What else? Uh, let's see. I got two kind of meaty topics here. Um, but I, I kind of want to, I'll save them for the next time we talk. Um, Cause I think they'll, they'll, they'll still be here. Uh, what, one thing that is interesting kind of related to what we just talked about uh, is um, maybe we can, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about engineering as marketing at leg up. And right now, like one thing we're building is, um, when, when we have this consumer signup flow, we've, we've migrated, uh, from our no code app to the app that Tyler built. Um, so consumers are, are signing up every day, um, adding their policies, but what they, what they can't do is flag themselves as a business owner and like start an organizational offering and invite team members. Um, and so we, we see an opportunity to create some product led, uh, growth opportunities or at least lead generation opportunities through that offering. And that's something Tyler's working on right now. Um, but, but you know, I just, I, maybe you and I can brainstorm a little bit like of ideas on how we could support JD, yeah. um, and his momentum in terms of, uh, of, of providing, you know, more immediate value on an automatic basis that could help him get increases response rates and, 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 you know, get more meetings booked. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted, yeah, definitely. I, I don't necessarily have any good ideas, but let's do it. I, I've always wanted to do engineering as marketing for less annoying. I've just never come up with a good idea for it. Um, but this seems like a much leg up health is in the healthcare space. And when I think engineering as marketing, I think calculator, right. Or, or some kind of like, like, like the perfect example of this is a mortgage calculator. Like, hey, how much am I going to have to pay per month for my mortgage? Put in these 10 numbers and, and we'll tell you. 
Um, I have never been able to come up with one of those for a CRM, but healthcare seems like health insurance seems like it might have opportunities for this. Yeah. So if we, I think there, there, there's two target customers here. Um, one is the, I think we want to stay focused on the small business owner, entrepreneur, Utah person, uh, persona. Um, and so like with that in mind, there's kind of two directions we can go. Um, if they're on marketplace, we can sort of push them to this, like health insurance checkup, um, Mm -hmm. type thing, like get, you know, go through this, you know, spend five minutes uh, today to give yourself peace of mind for the rest of the year. Um, or like, you know, maybe, maybe there's something we can do to, to help you. Um, and, and we basically have them like give us permission to like go import their policy and do like some, it's basically an excuse for JD to output. Like we, we, we like automate the gathering of like consent and it's not as like aggressive as creating an account maybe. Um, but it's like, Hey, like we're going to gather information from you. Um, and then JD is going to take that information and then put together like a, 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 an analysis of your health insurance plan. And there's like a couple of things that people might be interested in. One is, uh, you know, is there any way for me to save money on premium, you know, today, like in, mm-hmm. in the lever there is the premium tax credit, right? Like maybe, there, maybe we can increase your income or decrease your income. Maybe we can add household members. Maybe, uh, we can switch plans to a different, more affordable plan. The second is, um, uh, doctor coverage, like, you know, are you sure, like, who are your doctors? Are they covered? What hospital would you go to if you had an emergency? Like, th- that's a question mm. you could ask, you know? What, I love what, the idea of, ju- I, uh, sorry to interrupt, just like fill these things in and print this out. So in an emergency, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Something really simple like that. Yeah. And so like what, 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 the number one thing that we see with existing customers who enroll through us is they, they buy a dental plan assuming that their dentist takes that dental insurance and then they go mm-hmm. to the dentist the first time and they're like, wait, my, this, my dentist doesn't take this insurance. And they're like pissed. And so like, just like, Hey, like let it before you, th- the number one reason for, you know, medical, we could, there's probably the number one reason for like health insurance, nasty surprises is going to a doctor, going to a hospital, go to the ER and learning after you had service that they were not in your network. Put in yeah. your, you know, upload your insurance card and tell us who your, your, your preferred providers are. And we'll check, we'll double check this for you um, uh, so that you're not surprised later. Something like that. Okay. So I think all of these seem valuable once you've got someone there. A thing with engineering is marketing, I think is it's meant to kind of, I don't want to say generate demand, but it's meant to capture demand that's out there. Meaning it's not like someone's already on our website and then we use this to provide value to them. It's like they Googled a thing. We want to be the number one result. Oh, okay. Um, I think. I mean, I, I could imagine it working in any number of ways. But what I'm thinking is like JD's doing outbound. Let's just say he's doing 20 outreaches a day. Mm-hmm. What's the thing that he has is like sort of like the, oh, you're not ready for a call right now? Like you should definitely do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, make sure you, you fill out our, you know, okay. this, this thing. That's, that's, that's what I was thinking with this one, but I, but, hear you. but I would love to have something that's like, you know, website greater.com that HubSpot right. came up with, which was brilliant. That's, that's, I mean, when I hear engineering marketing, that's what I think of, but I think the, this all qualifies. So for the, the stuff you were just talking about, I guess my question is like, do we even need engineering for that? Like, can JD not say, Hey, if you're not ready to commit, I can, I can do a little legwork yes. for you right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I think he, that's a good place to start. And then if people are saying yes, a lot. Then we can say, all right, how do we, let's how do build we automate JD. How yeah. do we make, how do we make, yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, so that's 
engineering supporting sales, which requires an MVP to be sort of offered by sales and delivered on. And then, you know, sort of uh, in your capacity increase engineering is a capacity increaser in that case, not a a deal, not a lead gen. Uh, Let's shift to the lead generation conversation, which I I think is actually a little bit more interesting. Um, You you were saying something about, okay, what, what would like, do you have any ideas here for us? Like, we're yeah. Sure, how, yeah. Okay, good. I, I, I think so. But let me start by saying, I think if we wanted to do this in a rigorous way, we'd go into an SEO tool like Ahrefs or whatever, and we'd see what are people Googling for? Because if no one's searching for it, like just having a tool out there, like I, I've, I've complained to you before. I hate marketing that you have to market. So for, <laughs> for example, uh, a lot of people who I really respect and trust I have told me I own the domain name moreannoyingcrm.com. And they've been like, you should build something out of that and just do this funny marketing site. And I think they're right, except then like, now I have to go market that website. And how do I get people to ever see it, you know? And I don't like that. So like step one, I'd say is like, let's try and capture existing demand and do an SEO play here as opposed to trying to like build something that no one will naturally see on their own. Okay. So like, how would you go about that? What would you type into Ahrefs or the Keyword Explorer to, to figure that out? Health yeah, insurance? Yeah, I get I We'd probably, I think probably the way to do it is brainstorm ideas and then test the hypothesis. Like, it's not going to tell us the answer, but we can we can brainstorm ideas and then go up there and be like, are, the, are these keywords that people actually search for? Is my doctor um, covered? Doc, you know, that, that could be. Yeah, that, that's almost certainly, yeah. Now, people might be searching for like, does... Dr. Phillips accept Humana One or whatever. Um, and then there's a programmatic SEO play here of like making... Taking all the doctors, putting them on the yeah. website. Yeah. Um, so that's one. You talked about saving money on premium tax credits and stuff. Like how much information do we need to know to like tell somebody? Like is it we just need to know your income, the size of your family... And what you pay for, like, like, what are the variables we would need to know to be able to tell someone like, hey, you're leaving money on the table with premium tax credits because you're not, you're not using them. You need their household size, uh, their, and their income. Um, and then you need to know what plan they bought. If they, so they can either tell you like that information or like the least amount of information we would need is basically a picture of their insurance card their birth date, um, and a, uh, uh, and then like a, 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 um, a checkbox that says, I authorize you to pull my application from healthcare.gov and then healthcare.gov would give us all that information. Yeah. We can't do that in real time though. Right. Like JD would have to go do that manually. Not, not unless you were, um, you wanted to build an integration with healthcare.gov, which is possible. Um, but we wouldn't like, take the picture of the insurance card for that, though, right? They'd have to fill in the actual fields, mm-hmm. or we'd have to do OCR to pull pull yeah. text out. Yeah, the, the the source of this information is healthcare.gov. Yeah, you okay. can't unless they're going to tell us what their premium, their current premium tax credit is, and most people don't even know what that is. So, but they could tell us the plan if if household size, income, and what plan they have feels like easier to enter than take, uh, uploading a photo. The plan is actually not what I'm trying to get from them. It's mm-hmm. their it's their uh that's their name so what do you it's their lo- legal name so to, to, so so yeah. if, so the, the the manual workflow to look someone up on healthcare.gov is you have to know their uh birth date and their first and last name 
and then their state. Um, mm. And so if you, and then that's, so that's the, you have but to have a legal you, what, name. What information do you need to know if, to, to decide what their premium tax credits could be? Uh, you need their um, zip code. You need their uh, household size. Um, and you need their um, uh, annual household income. And those three things. Uh, and then you also need to know, uh, you, need, you need a data source that says uh, the lowest household income, the lowest in their, you need to know what the premium was for the second lowest cost silver plan in their zip code area, which yeah. can be pulled from um, publicly available data, which we have actually um, okay. like in our database. So it's, I mean, it's maybe possible for the calculator to just say, give us the answers to these questions and we'll just spit out an answer. Yeah, there you. actually are premium tax credit calculators out there as examples. Um, okay. Uh, so like like the IRS has one. Um, this is, here's an example. So we could actually do this. The Kaiser Family Foundation has probably the best one, but the hardest thing is, is knowing uh, for that zip code that they put in, or it's actually at the county level within this, because some zip codes spam multiple county. So for that county, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, for that county, but for, for Utah, like we're actually pretty simple because we'd only build this for Utah. And so there's not that many counties. And so you could actually, but then it's like, oh, you have to know their age too. Sorry. Um, so it's actually, okay, let me back up. You need to know their household size and then you need to know ages uh, and uh, of every single one of their household members. Hmm. So you have to okay. like kind of build this like census, bottom up census of their household. And then you, you go get the rate um, of that second lowest cost silver plan based on the, the county that they're in and then uh, e the, e the age and size of the household. Okay. So this is doable. We should probably have it on the list. Having said that, like, are people Googling this and like, maybe it's worth brainstorming more things on top of this. Um, yeah. But, okay. That type of thing though, feels definitely like not what Googling we should... this. They're not. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I so what are up. they? I think the like, does, is my doctor covered thing probably is more, Honestly, so engineering as marketing is normally a separate category from programmatic SEO, or at least I hear them described as kind of two separate marketing channels, but they're kind of blended together in a sense. And you've done some programmatic SEO where, if I recall correctly, you collected a bunch of data on health insurance plans and you basically have a page on legophealth.com, one for each plan. So if someone Googles that plan, you're on the list of results. Yep. That's another thing we should probably be considering with engineering as marketing is like, can I take data that you've got, you know, you tell me, here's an API, here's this, here's that. And I can just pipe a whole bunch of stuff into Airtable. Like you could have done it with no code tools too, but you know, I might be able to do it faster. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess um, I, I think we need to think about my my takeaway here is I need to think about uh, tangential questions that people ask that we could potentially rank for um, yeah. and answer programmatically. Um, and, you know, either by having like lots of long tail content or by having a, a dynamic form calculation, real time, greater thing. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily know what that is yet, but um, here's one more quick idea. Um, I, People, I bet employers regularly Google how much does like group health insurance cost. 
Mm-hmm. And the answer is always, as far as I've seen, because I have Googled this before, it's a, why don't you fill out shitloads of information and one of our insurance agents will get back to you. I wonder if there's like a, this is a no sign up. Like you don't even have to give us your email address. You don't have to give us like your employer identification number and stuff. And we'll get you like, it won't even be a quote. It'll just be a, a price range, like a much, much faster way to get a basic price range. Yeah. Because I'm confident people are Googling that. And I'm, I know from experience what they're getting from Google is not a good answer. Yeah. So rank like that, I put that into Ahrefs. Um, it's a super hard keyword, uh, highly yeah. competitive. So that like we, sense. yeah, people are searching it, um, but like getting ranked for it would be really, really hard. Yeah. Having said, I think one of the moves with engineering is marketing is people will link to you and like inbound links do help with SEO a whole lot. But you know, if someone else writes a blog post about health insurance, they might use the calculator or something, but yeah. Ugh, it's all hard. We we probably can't really have this conversation in a meaningful way without um, having Ahrefs open while we're doing it. I've got it open. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is maybe it's not a good podcast uh, <laughs> brainstorming session, but thank you anyone who made it through what we just talked about. <laughs> cool. Um, but, anything yeah. else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm... I'm normally I have like a bunch of little topics and I don't care about any of them. Uh, not, not that I don't care, but they're all like, they're not meaty. What I love, like I only had one real topic today and it's because like, I'm going super deep into this one thing. It's been a long time since I've done that. And, um, I bet, oh, so first of all, we're going to skip next, uh, two, two weeks from now. Cause we're both busy. So the next episode will be a month from now. I bet I don't have a ton of topics then either. Cause I think I'm going to spend the whole time thinking about this, the same one, which, which doesn't make for good podcasting, but I'm really happy with that. I'm, I, it would be interesting next time we talk to talk about how to market this. I know you're going to be thinking a lot about how to build the feature, but um, it would be interesting to maybe spend some time thinking about how to position it because that was the breakthrough I had today. Um, but like, what are like all how how could we make um, market this thing ahead of time to generate like use cases? Yeah, especially the free tool because like it's got a whole separate marketing platform, basically from from our other one like does it have its own standalone website or is it lessmangserum.com slash forms you know there's lots of things to talk about there so. definitely definitely okay cool all right well if you'd like to review past topics on show notes visit startuptolast.com see you next time <laughs> one month from now see ya <laughs>